0: And welcome back to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. Hi, Nate. And I am, am I your host? Sure. I, I don't know what I am. I'm Nate Johnstone. I'm here too. Yeah. And we've been talking about thinking generationally, which I've shared I, I hadn't done growing up and I have learned a lot about it and I think it's really, really important and valuable. And... We've been focusing on thinking generationally, I think, in terms of our future and not thinking about like our own future, but thinking about our grandkids, great grandkids, Mm -hmm. their kids, like thinking long, really long term, not long term planning, like retirement, long term planning, like my great, great, great grandkids. How do I instill good spiritual gifts into them now? Can I invest that far ahead? And we say, yes, you absolutely can. And we talked about some of the ways how, and there maybe are more ways how that we wanna talk about. Um, But I do wanna address, and let me know if this is the right time to do it, I do wanna address that there's also another direction, and that's us thinking upward to our own parents and our own grandparents if they're still alive. Um, I know, Paul, your your parents, and of course, grandparents are no longer with us, but my parents are still with us. And Sarah's parents, my wife's parents are still with us. And her grandparents actually too, um, and so this isn't just thinking generationally in terms of me as patriarch of a family. That that is maybe part of it, but it's also me as maybe maybe you're in the middle of this. Yes. and you know my parents are both first generation Christians, and so I like to think of them as you know the patriarchs of our our Christian lineage, and so it's up to me then to not just think about my kids, grandkids, great grandkids, but to think about my parents as well. And to show, stop me if I'm wrong or if you wanna add anything, to show my children how to honor people by honoring my own parents and my wife's parents so that they see that, oh, this is what you do. One honors one's parents and one defers to one's parents wisdom and experience and that sort of thing. And so I should do likewise and they teach their kids to do likewise and that sort of thing because teaching our kids is helpful only so insofar as we show them. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Am I, am I way off?
1: I love it. Honor is one of the best ways to connect the generations and what we have they have been the first generation to honor youth more than age. Mm. we love the fountain of youth but the biblical people never found that because they honored age above youth they honored they call it the hoary head if we have gray hair we're tempted to uh diet or to hide our age i love it that the japanese they love the elderly people love to share how old they are we eight, old people don't want to say that why is that have we done a poor job mm. of Honoring age and made people feel embarrassed by their age. Sad.
0: Interesting. I I don't know how that happened.
1: Malachi 4 is a very interesting passage, and you know it well. Here's what it says Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he's going to do two things. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Yep. So we're at notice,
0: notice the order there, by the way, I, I don't want to derail you, but notice the order fathers, to children first, older generations. It's your job to reach out to the younger ones, even if they they just don't understand or you don't like them or, or, or young people today or anything like that. It's still your job to reach out. It doesn't matter whether or not you get them or they get you fathers of children first and children of the fathers. I think that's significant.
1: Excellent. And don't be intimidated by that. It may be hard at first. You may think you don't have anything to say. Well, ask questions, show them that you're interested, show them you care and ask them, but we need to forget about the fountain of youth and look for the fountain of age and learn to honor those who are before us, those who are going before us or those who have gone before us because If you honor the generation, then God will give you what you need to pass it on to the next. If you look behind you and you honor them, then you'll have something. You'll have the baton. When the baton gets to you, then you'll know how to run your race. And you'll more effectively pass it on.
0: And I think we we see this concept of honor so often in the Bible. You know, uh, I think of the Israelites leaving Egypt, and they bring the bones of Joseph with
1: Hmm.
0: That was 400 years ago. Yeah. That's a lot of honor. They didn't forget. Parents taught children who taught children who taught children who taught children for 400 years in the most horrible, horrendous circumstance imaginable. Yes. But they still did this. They still passed it on every generation so that those who were finally getting freed didn't just think of themselves. They're like, let's bring Joseph. The... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ancestor, grandfather, whatever you want to call him. Um, that's really cool. I like that. And, and you brought up the other week, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's, it's generational there. And that's, I think it's really important that it goes both ways.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: That we think down, so to speak. We think after us in how, how do we encourage and love and train and equip, but we also think up and sideways in terms of how do we honor You know, I want to, I want my kids to see me honoring my siblings Mm -hmm. and not just when they're there, but talking about how, you know, your auntie Steph is great at this better than me. You should, you should ask her about this. Oh, You know, your uncle Matt is really great at this. You should, you should talk to him about it someday. Oh, cool. I want, I want them to see me doing that. And again, like I said last week, I feel like I do this, but I don't do it very, I don't do it intentionally enough. And so I don't think it happens as much as it should. And I need to kind of, I need to be like, all right, I need to do this today. Let's think of a way to honor someone. Because I started doing this with my wife years and years ago, trying to find ways when she's not around to honor her in front of other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Because I
0: felt like that was important. And Pastor Gary told me it was a good idea. So I said, mm-hmm. yes, sir. And I started doing it. And because um, that's how discipleship works, folks. Um, and, but I think I, I should be doing it for, for everybody in my family. And I want my kids to see the way I treat my parents and think that's the way I want to treat my parents.
1: And if the parents and the grandparents are willing to do one thing that I will recommend, it will be easier to honor them. And that is to tell stories. Mm. Tell the stories of where you grew up and how you grew up and what you lived with, the, the adversity that you worked through, the struggles that you experienced. The more stories the older can share with the younger, the more the younger will honor and respect the older. And that's why, you, that's as great. you said in Malachi 4, it starts with the, parents, the fathers and the mothers being willing to reach out to the younger and if you you you'd say, oh, I don't know what to give them. I don't know what scripture to give them. Give them your stories. Give them common, ordinary stories. What, what, what you struggled with, when the crops failed, when, when you lost your job, when the war came. Talk about those things. They're fascinating for yep. younger people. You think they might be bored. They will not be bored. They will write it down. They'll tell their friends, this is what I heard from my grandfather.
0: I can't, I can't agree with you more. And Sarah's family, as you know, every time they get together, they're telling stories, not just their own stories, but their parents' stories, their grandparents' stories. And, you know, those, those grandkids, Phil and Margaret's grandkids grew up, at least the ones I'm have the closest relationship with, they grew up almost with a sense of awe Mm -hmm. about grandpa and grandma, because there are some specific Margaret stories that we should share sometime that, (laughs) she, she's a superhero basically.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, and these, it's the stories. It's right. And you're exactly right. It's the stories. And that's most of the Old Testament, by the way, teach the story to yeah. your children, teach the story of the Exodus, teach the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. teach these stories to your kids and Jesus taught in stories. Like story is really powerful. And this is great. I, I think I should, have a have a night where my parents come over and tell them ahead of time. I want you guys to tell stories because my kids need to hear your stories. Mm. And, and like actually put it on the calendar to do this intentionally because otherwise it just it, it just isn't going to happen.
1: Because
0: mm. um, some people don't like to impromptu, Hey, tell us stories impromptu. Uh, no, um, but if I they have, have some time I, to think about it, I bet they'd love to do that.
1: Well, I have shared some stories recently uh, with my kids. And they didn't know that. And mm. there are the stories. So I tell parents. You're talk never, about
0: the tougher stories.
1: All kinds, funny stories. I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't write down more of them, but the ones that I wrote down and remember well and can read, I, I have passed them along to all the kids. I'll, I'll, uh, uh, have them all in on the conversation but I'll tell a story about one of them they love it they're so thankful to hear that oh you mean I said that I did yeah. that you know it it's uh, moving for them and it then helps them to honor me to honor Karen Yeah, when they heard that story and say thank you for sharing that
0: i Thank you for saying that. In fact, just now, um, my father-in-law does this and he, he has a little note on his phone, a recurring thing, and he writes down cute things that the kids say mm-hmm. or really wise, pithy things that the kids say. He writes all of them down because he's like, they will want these in the future. How and wise of him. That's a gift I can give them simply by writing it down right now. It takes me a, a minute or two of my time and to give them something in the future, And that is thinking generationally
1: absolutely it is that is thinking generationally yeah yeah you've got a wonderful father in law
0: i do' I'm so i 'm so blessed i don't know i I, I was going to say i don't know what I did deserve it well, the answer is i didn't
1: but God, <laughs> God is God
0: is very gracious yes yeah it this is such a such an important thing, so i you've given me a lot to Think about, especially in being, being more diligent, more, well, just planning it <laughs> and planning it to, to actually do this. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you, you brought up the comparison between Moses and Joshua a number of times the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Moses would go into the tabernacle and Joshua would stay outside the whole yeah. time Moses was in, and we're mm-hmm. talking hours at a time. The mm-hmm. whole time
1: Moses was there, Joshua was standing outside. And Moses was talking to God face to face as a man talks to his friend. Read it in Exodus 33.
0: Yep. And when Moses would leave and then Joshua would go in.
1: Yes.
0: And that's, that's a, it's a very interesting picture. The, the Moses-Joshua relationship is very interesting. It is a great job of passing the baton. a great example of that. But I think it's also a great example of honoring the older generation. I mean, I love you, Paul, but I've never stood outside of your room for two hours just to show my support of whatever you were doing at the time. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I haven't done that. Joshua did this daily. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lot of honor. And then after Moses was done, then he went in. So he's seeing it and following suit but also honoring Moses. So it's, it's, it's a really cool example. It goes both ways. And I think we all need to think about it both ways. Even if it starts with us, um, we, still, we can still honor our parents and our grandparents in front of
1: our kids. Mm-hmm. And it was good of Moses not to claim territory for himself, but was fine with Joshua going in after him. He could have said, no, you can't do that. This is my place. I I sit in the tabernacle. You don't. But he was kind to Joshua, and he was happy to see the person that he was raising up and mentoring show such spiritual hunger.
0: And Moses is an amazing leadership example for so many reasons. This is one of the big ones. Another is he didn't choose one of his own children to succeed him. He chose somebody he wasn't related to at all. Nobody did that back then. Nobody did that back then. It was always your kid. Always. And the other thing is, he didn't cross over. Now, God told him he wasn't going to cross over mm-hmm. at the end, but he didn't fight that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked th- this whole time and now I'm not even going to get the reward. Come on, I got to go. Like, he doesn't fight that at all. He's like, no, it's Joshua's turn. I'm fine not seeing the fruit. <laughs> of what I've worked for for 80 years. It's, I, I've always admired Moses for that. That he's like, okay, okay yeah, it's, it's my time. That's fine. Joshua can, Joshua can lead him on and get all the glory of the land flowing with milk and honey. All I've got is 40 years in the desert. Thanks for that. No, he doesn't have that attitude. Everybody else did, except for him and Joshua and Caleb uh,
1: and their families.
0: But yeah, that's pretty amazing.
1: I want to read a verse that, that uh, I knew it was there somewhere. And uh, what you just said made me think of it. Here's what Moses said as he was at the end of his race. And this is the end of? M- Moses' race. And he, this is in Numbers where he says, Numbers. May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, Appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Moses was thinking the long haul. Not everybody did that. Elisha didn't do that. He should have, but he didn't.
0: Yeah, God had Uh, to to tell him to force him to do it.
1: In fact, Joshua himself didn't do it. He didn't he didn't mentor someone. Read the book of Judges. It's a very sad book.
0: Yeah, it's that's that that that's also a good point. So the so baton Moses, got dropped.
1: Yes. Moses Moses was not just thinking about his own great tenure. Right. He, he was thinking about what was gonna happen after. He stepped out. He was concerned with the passing of the baton. He probably knew. He knew who was going to be. But he he said, let the Lord appoint. So he was thinking the passing of the baton. and He surpassed it well.
0: And that's so smart of Moses. It's it's humble, for one thing, but it's also really smart. Because this is the guy Moses appointed. Some people would have followed that and respected that. But no, God chose this guy. That's, that's end of discussion. God chose this guy. Yeah. That's, it's hard to argue that one. <laughs> but Moses didn't choose one of his own kids. Very unusual. I mean, it would have been assumed, completely assumed that Moses, probably his oldest son, um, would have taken over after him. And, and Moses didn't even consider that.
1: I never thought about that.
0: I mean, for an, for an ancient Near East culture, that may have literally been the first time yeah. that it happened especially from a culture of people who just left Egypt
1: mm-hmm.
0: where by virtue of being born of Pharaoh's body, you are divine and you will rule.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And that that's thinking generational.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm not saying Moses was forsaking his own kids by any means. Um, we know he had a great father-in-law like, mm-hmm. like uh, you and I both do, Paul, yeah. but um, Jethro was pretty amazing. But, he was thinking generationally for his family, but when it came to ministry and his people, he wasn't saying you have to follow in my footsteps kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we parents sometimes struggle with. We maybe want our kids to follow in their footsteps. Um, it's especially true for ministers, I think, and pastors. We kind of want our kids to be a pastor too. And there are even churches where fathers pass the, the baton of leadership in the church to usually sons, but, um, Sometimes daughters hopefully more often in the future, in my opinion, but, um, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing always. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that Moses doesn't, he doesn't go there. Yeah. He thinks about the people and he wants the generation after generation after generation to be blessed. And he says, this is how you do it. You tell your kids everything that just happened. And you, then they, they
1: tell their kids. And if you do this, you're gonna be blessed. You brought up an important thing last week by saying that honor connects the dots and honor comes from the younger to the older. I'd like to say something to the young adults who are hearing this, that it would be wise of you to pray that the Lord would give you an older person. It may not be someone that's related to you, but they could still be a father or a mother. You need to find someone that is living a life of wisdom and that you would like to live, that has strength that you want to possess, that is hum- humble and forthright and say, hey, could we have lunch together or could you mentor me? You're, you would be doing a wonderful thing because then you make it easier for them to pass the baton to you, because as we've been talking, we've been speaking about physical fathers and mothers, but also spiritual. And for you, it may be a spiritual father or mother that will open the door for you to fresh realities. So I encourage you to say, I need somebody that's older and wiser and more humble than I am, and be willing I'd I'd love to hear from you if you're looking for that and I can help you find and I've done that for many, Mm help them find somebody connecting them to somebody that could mentor them. We all need it. We all All need it. Yeah.
0: I mean, you have been mentored by someone, a generation above you. I mean, not only your in-laws, but Larry Christensen. Yeah. Who just went home to be with the Lord in the recent past. And I know for you, that was a blow because he was very much a father spiritual father to you. And so here you are in your 70s, still being discipled, still being mentored. And that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. We should all be discipled and mentored by somebody and we should all be discipling and mentoring other people. That's right. And there's peer discipleship as well. And I know you do that and I do that as well. Um, And that's very helpful. And honor can go laterally too. Mm -hmm. You know, We can honor friends, uh, siblings, that sort of thing. But but you've been a great example to me, Paul, in how to do this. I, I don't think I saw honoring the generations before me in, in a way that really struck me prior to joining the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at that, ver- that very first weekend when it was uh, Phil and Margaret's 50th wedding anniversary, uh, they've since had their 70th, <laughs> and you sort of led some of the group gathering times, and it was all about Phil and Margaret. You were always honoring them. And even in subsequent years, we'd all get together, sit down in the living room, whoever happened to be there. And then you'd, you'd say, okay, everybody. And you'd gather people together and you'd say, now, Phil, can you tell us something about, or Margaret, I heard this story about this. Can you share that with us, please? And you would do that. And it was obviously very intentional. Um, uh, there might've been a program, um, of order of events. I mean, but you, you, you did the honor thing probably better than anybody I had ever seen. Mm. And maybe even still better than anybody I've ever seen. I'm not trying to make you embarrassed, but I also don't care if I do. Um, so you have done this and you have been my example of how to do this, how to honor your parents, your in-laws, um, and your spiritual parents and in laws. I mean, you talk about Larry Christensen all the time. You share his stories. I I ask you a question about, what do you think about this issue? And you'd say, well, Larry would say this, you know? So I feel like I'm a grandson in the spirit of Larry, you know, in a way, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is super awesome because he's Larry Christensen. Um, And so I've really seen that in you. And so folks, when you're hearing Paul talk about the importance of honor, he is living this and i think you would agree that you are reaping benefits from it even though this is an act of service and humility you don't do it for yourself um there are benefits to living a life of honor Mm -hmm. and creating a culture that appreciates receives and gives honor and it's receiving and giving the, the false humility, no, 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 don't give, don't give, no, that's, you got to learn to receive as well as give, Um All which right. for people in Minnesota, which is where I'm from, that's not, that's not something that comes easy to them, Um but it's really important, and I've seen you do it, Paul, and so folks listening, this guy knows what he's talking about on, on at least this subject. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the others, eh, not, you know. Just kidding, Paul. I honor you. <laughs> that was an example of what not to do. Um, I try to often show you examples of what not to do. Um, is there anything else on this topic that you want to that you want to throw out there, Paul?
1: I've, I've been really, blessed, Nate. I've, I've been really encouraged. By it. Yeah, I've been encouraged and blessed. I I'm thankful that we shared this because it's so important. Amen. Do you want to
0: help us finish? well on this series and by the way another reminder we did a previous series last year called finishing well which really ties into this a lot yeah Uh, and in in a lot of ways i think this was a sequel to that previous series so check that out uh, on the podcast Uh, if you're not sure what the website is it's tcwkcast.com and the email is questions at tcwkcast no tcwkcast.com that's right Lots of, lots of letters there. Um, so let us know your questions, your thoughts. Uh, we'll probably read them on the, on the air. That's not how you say it, right? For podcasts. We'll read it to you, for you on the podcast. Uh, but check out that, that previous series. And Paul, this has been a, a really, really good time going through these things. Can you help us to finish well, as I said, and, and kind of pray us, pray us into the future, into the generationally thinking future?
1: Yes. God, thank you that your word opens our eyes, that we get stuck with certain concepts like the nuclear family, and your word opens us up to a different way of thinking about the family, a different way of thinking about our past and our destiny, that our past is important, that where we came from is really important, and where we are going is really important. And how we pass the baton to the next generation is really important. And whether we're married or single, the same applies. We can be a part of a generation that is passing the baton to younger people. And so we do pray that the spirit of Elijah will be strong in our midst these days to turn the hearts, of fathers and mothers to their children, physical and spiritual, and turn the hearts of children to their fathers, like Timothy's was turned toward Paul, and like Joshua was turned toward Moses. Let that happen over and over again. And let those who have felt that, well, now I get to retire, and I I get to sit back. I pray that you would give them a a new way of looking at these years, that these years can be years of of investing in younger people, in telling the stories that are, are deep in our hearts, so that they can grow and pass the baton like we are passing the baton. I pray this with heartfelt confidence in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. And I want to just say one more time, we've said this a number of times uh, during this series, but it's so important. If you yourself are not part of a multi-generational honoring, loving God, fearing family, then please don't feel condemned or left out of this. You know, it could, it can start with you. It can start with you and your generation, or like in my case, it can start with, it started with my parents and their generation. And so they, they were the trailblazers and they, broke all the ground and dug up all the rocks and did all that kind of stuff for my siblings and I, so that spiritually speaking, we had a great inheritance that didn't exist mm-hmm. prior to my parents. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we were, I mean, so incredibly blessed spiritually because of my folks. And so if if maybe your parents was that generation that really either... Was the first generation to be a Christian or the first one to really go after the things of God, or maybe it's going to be you, and you're going to be the trailblazer and you get to break up the ground. Do it <laughs> Do it it's <laughs> worth it wherever you at're if you 're if you're in a long chain going back to, to Jesus like my wife is, wonderful you know, but if you're not that's okay. It, it can start with you it starts it starts wherever God's going to start it, but really go for this. I want to, I've been encouraged to go for this more than I do mm-hmm, um, and to be more intentional about this. And so I am, I'm going to do my homework on this fall. And, uh, mm-hmm. let, maybe, maybe we'll talk about this again in a number of months and, and bring this up and see, see how things are going. Because I really think this message, especially the message to honor, honor those who are before us and to reach out to those who are after us whether they're genetically children and, and forebears or spiritually, this is a message that young people and old people alike really need to hear. Yeah. That the and elders, you, the elders become elders
1: again and mm-hmm. not old people. Like I just called them. Yeah. Like, and if you hear it and you like it and you're on Facebook, send it to your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe a way to honor your parents or grandparents would be to send them links to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And they can be like, oh, I did some of that. That's great. Or, ooh, that's a good encouragement. I should do more of that. Yeah. It's a great idea. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you again next week. We got another uh, awesome topic on the burner that I'm excited to get at, but no spoilers. And we'll see you next week. God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.